live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, welcome back. Brent Martineau down here at Willie Jewel's Old School Barbecue in St. Augustine on location once again. We love taking the show on the road. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane in the Action Sports Shacks studios. Former Jags player, current MMA fighter. Got a fight coming up November 21st, man. How is training going? Fantastic. Staying healthy. Mind is right. Body is right. Now it's just uh, about another week of pushing hard. And then we'll start to taper off a little bit and get ready for the 21st. Oh, man, when I swam, there was nothing better than that word taper, baby. Oh, yeah. I man. loved it. Yep. I loved it. Eat some uh, more carbs and everything. Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> a lot of good stuff happening there. Do not taper. Uh, that's a big fight coming up. Now, again, we were talking about this a little earlier today. UFC Fight Pass, right, uh, on Sunday the 21st. That's Correct. what it will be on. Yeah. We might be able, We might be trying to put together a little thing. Uh, okay. I don't want to make you extra nervous, but a little thing. Uh, Too late. After the Jags no, game. I'm kidding. Because you'll, <laughs> you'll probably be fighting. Like, the card starts somewhere late afternoon. The Jags play that day, but you might not fight until, like, the evening time, 7, 8 o'clock, Yeah, right? see, it, it all depends when they actually – they. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm the main event of the card, so I'll be fighting last, but it all depends how many fighters will be fighting before me. And they haven't announced, like, the, the, the card in totality yet, so we're still waiting to see how many fighters fight before me. Once that gets announced, they can kind of have a better idea of what time I'll be fighting at. Yeah, I'm not fighting, uh, but I do consider myself the main event most of the time. There it is, man. Uh, <laughs> main event Martino has to call him back home. <laughs> hey, let's bring in Jordan Mincy, new head uh, men's basketball coach at Jacksonville University. First time we've got a chance to talk to Coach Mincy. Uh, hey, Coach, welcome to town. I know you've been here a bit, but thanks for taking some time here on a Friday. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, well, how is it going over there at uh, JU over in Arlington? Uh, first, how's the, Give us an update on that practice facility. Is it coming along? You know what? It's coming along nicely. Um, probably about a month away uh, from officially being open, but um, I know our guys, especially our staff, we're looking forward to it. Um, it's been huge just as far as um, our guys building excitement and getting our guys ready to have, you know, the extra court and a couple extra baskets to be able to work on. So uh, we're really excited about it. Here's what you're not a couple of, or maybe a month away or a little bit longer away from is uh, opening night. Trinity Baptist yeah. comes to Swisher Gymnasium on Tuesday. I'll tell you, Coach, we get so wrapped up in football season, but we're not even halfway through, and uh, you guys are rolling out the ball on November 9th, Tuesday at home, and then you get North Carolina A&T on Saturday. So two games next week at home. Uh, I know you, you really won't know the answer to this question until you, you play that night, but do you feel like your team's progressing and getting ready to roll? You know what? I feel like we, uh, we've gotten better each day we've been here starting in the summertime. And so, um, you know, we're excited about, you know, opening night, coming on the ninth, and then having, you know, a great opponent come here that we got a, a great amount of respect for on the 13th in North Carolina A&T as well. And so next week it'll be very telling for our guys, you know. Um, like to see all the hard work that they put in. Hopefully it, it, it um, uh, ends with success and, and a couple W's next week. But at the same time, we're really excited to get it going. Coach, I was speaking of hard work. I was watching some of the videos that, you know, the, the JU men's basketball team kind of put out of you guys training um, and preparing for the season. You know, being, being a new head coach, it's all about instilling, you know, your philosophies, your beliefs, and establishing the culture. What kind of things have you brought to this JU team your first year here? You know, one one of the things that we talk about all the time is just toughness. And, you know, a lot of times people, when you use the word toughness, they'll say physical toughness. But more so mental toughness on our end. Just getting these guys to, you know, necessarily know that, you know, you're building habits every day. 
And a lot of those habits are either winning habits or losing habits. And so just trying to teach, you know, like I said, small habits that will carry over and hopefully uh, carry over to success. But I think when, when our fans see us and, you know, people in the Jacksonville area get the opportunity to come out and watch us play, they'll be proud of, of the level of toughness and grit that our guys play with day in and day out. Jordan Mincy, men's best basketball coach at Jacksonville University, joins us here, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. How do you obviously go all over the place to, to get talent? Uh, there are no, you know, real restrictions. How's the talent here in the state of Florida uh, in Jacksonville? This is a big-time area for football. Uh, I live kind of in the baseball world a little bit. It's a big-time area for baseball. Uh, I've been here for 14 years. Basketball, we've had some incredible talent uh you know from grace and allen to others but i don't know if it's as littered as it might be in like football and, and some of the other sports how much can you recruit here at home and also just you know within the state lines you know we tr we definitely try to recruit on a national level i think if you look at our roster we have guys from all over the country um especially in our, our newer class but at the same time, we, we definitely try to take care of home base first, and that's the state of Florida. But also in the city of Jacksonville, you know, we were, were able um, to bring home some local talent. Uh, one of the guys now on our current roster, G. Yossi Powell, he, he's a Jacksonville native. And then we've also been very successful, you know, in the short term, uh, just recruiting locals. And we have, you know, a young man coming in our next class as well. Um, we can't really just mention and talk about his name through the NCAA rules. But at the same time, uh, we've been very successful uh, recruiting locally. And, you know, in the state of Florida, it's a place where people, you know, they're not necessarily born here, but they'll travel here or they'll um, come to live here. And so you have talent from all over the country um, that resides in Florida. And so it, it's a hotbed for not only football, but for basketball recruiting as well. Coach, I always found, you know, being in f f football locker rooms, you know, whether it was at the professional level or the college level, uh, I found that, you know, sometimes coaches that, that played the game, they would want to call on past experiences, but they kind of had to walk that line because the game has, you know, evolved so much in, in the span of, you know, a, a few decades. You know, from, from your standpoint, I mean, you're a guy who has a wealth of playing experience at, at you know, the highest level of collegiate basketball. Um you know, do, do you call on that all the time to give an example to your guys? Do you ever go back there? How, how does that work for, for your coaching philosophies? You know what? A lot of times, especially, you know, those first two weeks on the job, those first, you know, two or three weeks, you know, guys are a lot of times are looking at you and questioning um, if you necessarily know what you're doing. You know, <laughs> you're, new, you're a new head coach. Um, they're used to a certain system, a certain style of play, a certain, you know, off-season regimen. And so – um, you're basically just drawing on your past experiences, but at the same time, you're you're able to you know have reference points. I can pick up the phone and call a guy like Trey Mann, um, who had the opportunity to coach at Florida, and say, "Hey, look, what did I tell you when you were a freshman and a sophomore at Florida, and how had, how did it benefit you?" And so, being able to just have those reference points, uh, pick up the phone and call guys that I've coached throughout you know different levels, and but also pick other coaches, you know, their mind. Um, and, and how they approach their different teams throughout the country um, has been very beneficial for our guys and allow for me to have buy-in um, with our, our, our new guys and our returning guys at the same time. Jordan Mincy with us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, head coach at Jacksonville University. As they get going on Tuesday night, go check out uh, the Dolphins at Swisher Gymnasium. And then on Saturday, and by the way, Saturday, I believe Ben Smith, uh, his number, his jersey will be retired, really one of the greats in JU history. When I first got to town, Ben Smith was firing it up from three-point land, winning an NIT game over Arizona State. He was really fun to watch. So they'll celebrate Ben Smith coming up uh, next Saturday uh, during that game, halftime of that game, I believe it is. Uh, coach, 
you've had player next to your name. You've had grad assistant next to your name. You've had assistant at stops like Kent State, Charleston, Toledo, Louisiana Tech, and obviously Florida, which you just mentioned. But for the first time, it's head coach. Uh, what is, what's been the adjustment for you? What's like the thing that you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't know I had to do this too. <laughs> that, that maybe everybody else used to take care of. <laughs> You, you know what? When you when you're an assistant coach, um, you're, you're so focused on your craft, and it's, it's a lot of hand um, hand on assignments that you have, you know, day to day in your work schedule. And so, when you become a head coach, a lot of those responsibilities, whether it's you know trying to recruit an entire roster or um, you know you're, you're trying to navigate necessary. Um, your practice plan and, and what you want your guards to go through or your your bigs. And, and the problem, like I told our assistant coaches, is, you know, when you're assistant, you go from recruiting, uh, for example, five guys. You have five guys on your list. Okay, well, as a head coach, I now have three assistants. So now I go from recruiting five guys to 15. And so with that being said, I don't have the adequate amount of time to put in to get to know everybody like I need to. So now I have to delegate that responsibility to you guys and I have to entrust in you guys. And, you know, um, it was hard at first. Some of those times, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to adjust to it. But as a head coach, you just have so much more on your plate. But I have a great staff. I trust them uh, with my life. And so being able to delegate some of those responsibilities um, has helped me a lot. That's a great viewpoint of that, too. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a big-time adjustment when you're used to doing a lot of the things uh, on your own or want to do even more than maybe time allows you to do. Uh, the transfer portal is a big thing right now in all the college athletics, but I was thinking about you today when I knew we were going to have you on. I was like, I wonder if the transfer portal, which people have varying opinions on, and I get it. You, you could We could talk for three hours about it, maybe more. But for for you, though, as a new coach coming in, where maybe you lose some guys that were here a year ago from graduation or because there's a change in coaching staff, or uh, and, and instead of having to rely on just freshmen coming in or a late recruiting class, how much seriously has the portal helped somebody that's going to a new job maybe grab some folks that have some experience and, and you don't have to weather some of the storm that you might if you were just going to grab high school fresh uh, seniors each and every year. Absolutely. And so, you know, it's a mixed field, you know, especially for us. We were able, you know, it was a blessing to be able to fill some of those empty roster spots with guys who, like you mentioned, have that level of experience um, necessarily playing at the, you know, Division One level. But yet, at the same time, the difficulty comes with that is first you're trying to build chemistry. You know, a bunch of new guys who haven't necessarily um, played, you know, for a new head coach, but also in a new system, and build a, a certain level of chemistry between, you know, each guy. But then at the same time, why are those guys in the transfer portal? You know, was it because they weren't necessarily a good fit at their previous, you know, institution? And why wasn't it a good fit? Was it because the coaching staff didn't necessarily think or – was it the player's attitude? And so trying to, you know, necessarily navigate that during the recruiting process, we try to do our best job possible. But like I said, you know, it, it, it's, it's been very beneficial to have guys with a certain level of talent and a certain level of experience um, be able to be in practice and kind of help us get that older feel from day one. But yet at the same time, we do know we're going to have, you know, bumps in the road just trying to get these guys to continuously mesh and play together. Um, and so, like I said, we anticipate, you know, a couple bumps early, but um, later on in the season, we expect to be extremely dangerous. So. 
All right, uh, we'll look forward to that. JU Dolphins open up Tuesday night against Trinity Baptist. Now the schedule, they'll hit the road a little bit for UCF and Minnesota a little bit later on. they got Georgia on the schedule, Southern Miss on the schedule, Pitt on the schedule. So it's a nice schedule. <laughs> I say nice. <laughs> I'm not sure coach says nice. Uh, but for the JU Dolphins. And uh, uh, look forward to watching you Tuesday night. Coach, good luck. We appreciate you jumping in for a few minutes. Have a great weekend. Thank you guys for having me. All right, that's uh, Jordan Mincy, the new head basketball coach of the JU Dolphins. Uh, Austin, you know, like we're living in this world right now with the kids uh, in high school and they play mm -hmm. sports. And uh, listen, my kids are not like these highly recruited kids, uh, but I think they might have a chance to play at the next level um, if, you know, if they find the right fit and all that stuff. And yeah. uh, there are walk-on opportunities. <laughs> sure. Um, so, uh it's really interesting to talk to coaches. I could have kept coach forever, but I, I've never been more interested, and I think a lot of this is selfish just because my kids are now in high school. Uh, but the portal is fascinating. Like, I was having a conversation with someone the other night, and the reality of the situation is I think the portal has a lot of good because I think student athletes more often or not are put in tough situations to yeah. say at 14 15 even 16 years old i think i want to go here and then the coaches change and then those coaches keep going to get another guy that's better than that person they committed a year prior and so it's just a hard read for kids so it gives them at least the power to say hey i made the wrong decision or these guys screwed me <laughs> you know mm -hmm. i mean they, they promised me this and they're not delivering uh so there's a lot of reasons i like the portal but uh, the root of this this conversation about it is they said this person said to me like hey there are some people that believe in the coaching profession in in all different sports that they may never recruit a high school kid again yeah like like at least in the near future i mean sooner or later that cycle would run out if that's all you did yes but there are some programs and and y you hardly blame them to a degree like would you rather have the 18 year old skinny 165 85 pound kid that's raw and does you know or this guy that's now developed into a man played two years in your same conference and he's he's got a couple years of eligibility left and he's hit the weight room for a couple years at the collegiate level and he knows the game yeah and he's talk a similar about, skill set right talk about the la rams philosophy a little bit yeah. it's a great actually that's a that's a really good um example of it now yeah. What, what Coach Mincy, Mincy just said, and I think a lot of people would say, well, first of all, in your in, in the guts of, of a coach, and, and especially one at the collegiate level, it's about building your program, right? Yeah. And about getting your guys in there that you saw, you recruited, and developing them. There's something about it from a coach's perspective that that's why they got into this thing, sure. just to develop talent and, and watch that, that flower blossom, if you will. Yeah. And, and so I think at the root of it, there's a lot of coaches that still want to do it that way. And it is a risky thing going to get, uh, like Mincy just said, going to get um, uh, transfer portal guys. Why are they there? How did it all happen? Do you know everything about their situation? Uh, so, uh, but I, I think we're in a weird time that, first of all, high school kids right now, and again, this is not relative to my kids. I don't think they fit the age or the recruiting need right now. But the high school kids right now are caught in a COVID world. Mm -hmm. But they're also caught in a transfer portal world where there just might not be as many opportunities for them out there at a lot of these schools or at least some that choose that philosophy. No, for sure. You know, th that's the cool thing about basketball, though, is that you can be successful with, with either thing where if you want to bring these guys in, 
um, you know, maybe they're they're two or three star athletes, but you build them through the program for three or four years, and you can have success. And then you you can take you know the the Calipari approach where it's just like you bring the best talent in the country. They're there for a year, or two years, whatever the case may be. However long the NBA allows you to go to college before you can go make some money, and and then you're okay that way as well. And then the same thing can attri- uh, can uh, apply for the transfer portals. So. That, that, to me, is kind of like the cool thing about college, collegiate basketball. It's almost like the ultimate equalizer because I'm reminded of, you know, I think it was four or five years ago when Wisconsin played Duke um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the finals. I mean, you had Wisconsin who literally just had a bunch of really no-namers out of high school, but you, you developed them, you, you built the culture, and they had a great team, and they're playing against the Duke team who, you know, a lot of those guys after one or two years are going to the NBA. So it's just... It's why I love college basketball. It's why I love watching the tournament because the rosters that are constructed are made up of so different, you know, backgrounds and, and, and star statuses, if you will, that anybody has a chance to win it. You know, in college football, it's a little different where if you're the Alabamas, if you're the Georgias, you get those top recruiting classes year in and year out, you're probably going to go to the college football playoffs and make some noise. Yeah, and I don't like to speak in absolutes very often, but I will say this. I do think right now, Uh, and you'd have to debate me pretty hard on it. I think it's the most difficult time ever for a high school kid to be recruited, like in the history of recruitment. I think it's the most difficult time. Mm. Uh, One, because of COVID. Two, Mm. because of the transfer portal. Three, because there are more good players than ever before. Bigger, faster, stronger, right? Uh, And the nature of, especially in the big-time sports, and even some of the smaller sports, winning. And so you're going to go get those kids earlier and earlier, and therefore you're going to miss on them. I I retweeted something the other day. 78% of baseball players that are committed before their sophomore year either get their scholarship rescinded or after a one-year transfer. What was the percentage? Think about that that number. Can you say it again? 78%. Wow. 78%, man. Four out of five. Like, that is a broken system, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, that's not right. They, it shouldn't work that way. So, and I don't know what some of the other numbers are, um, you know, everywhere else. So, uh, it's a danger zone, uh, absolutely for sure, uh, for a lot of those kids. Hey, and it's one of the reasons, but it's so hard to get recruited, that we have committed to the uncommitted. And uh, we'll have that segment tonight again presented by Baker Sports. We do it on the Blitz Scoreboard Show. And it's really been a fun segment. We get a chance to, in this essence, football players. But we might carry this on because I think there's a lot going on with this that we can at least push these kids' names out that have been under-recruited. And that's a lot in every sport. It's not just football or basketball. Um, So it's been fun to learn about these kids and see what these kids are doing each Friday night. And uh, some of them now, by the way, are getting offers, and I don't say we take responsibility for that. I think it might have happened anyway, but it's still fun to highlight the kids. Uh, And so if you have any nominees for Committed to the Uncommitted, uh, maybe football or any sport as we move forward, make sure you look me up and send them our way. All right, we got our picks coming up next. We're at Willie Jules Old School Barbecue here on a Friday Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And a little more Odell Beckham Jr. talk. Get some good responses on Twitter. I want to address a few things. Uh, that is on the way as well. Picks uh, up next here on ESPN 690. A lot of smiles, um, you know, definitely pumped up about it, you know, add him to the mix, um, what he can bring, you know, the type of player he is, is going to help us huge, so, um, you know, I'm definitely excited to have him with us. Hmm. I was half listening. 
Mm -hmm. Austin, you got any guesses? No, I can man, tell sorry, you it's from a game we are about to pick. That is not the Jags and Bills. Okay. So you're going to have to check the notes there. So right now, what play games it. are we picking? Casey, what play, we're going play through? one more time, please. I was excited. I was a, a lot of smiles. Um, you know, definitely pumped up about it. You know, add him to the mix. Um, what he can bring, you know, the type of player he is, is going to help us. Jalen Ramsey. Huge. So, um, you know, I'm definitely excited to have him. No. Oh. That's not Ramsey. But you're so <laughs> close. What about Bob Miller? It's Aaron Donald then. Talk you about better believe Bob it. Miller. I, yeah. yeah. At least I'm I in do. the... I'm in the ballpark. Come on, I mean. Brent's in no man's land. Yeah. Ramsey calls me every week. I know his voice. Sure, but, but yet he blocks you on Twitter. Gotcha. He has not blocked me on Twitter. I'm unblocked. I don't even yet. follow Jalen Ramsey. Mm. I don't, you guys have this all wrong. It mm. wasn't like a thing against Brent. Now, is Jalen Ramsey, is, is he, is he rent-free in your head, or do you actually charge him something to live? I love Jalen. Okay. Uh, okay. He is not rent-free. Now, you can make the case at one point I was rent-free in his head because he had to block me. Yeah. Could be. Which, I can do that to people. Just ask Casey after that Jets game last night. Ouch. Dude, I picked first, all right? Yeah, which, by the way, was about as idiotic as I've ever seen in all our picks. <laughs> I mean, who in their right mind, if you got the first pick, you could take the Colts outright or pick the Jets plus 10 would pick the Jets plus 10. I because mean, I they win the, that game if Mike White plays the whole game, by the way. Yeah, I picked the Eagles when they were playing the Buccaneers, and I took the Eagles with the points. I had the first pick. Yeah, and you got garbage time Jalen Hurts and a two-point conversion and a guy that kneeled on it at the six-yard line. Top five fantasy win. Jalen Hurts, by the way, too. Mike White stays in, they win. Top five right. fantasy Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Mike White stays in, they win. Oh, what was the score when he left? The offensive line of yep. the Colts pushed the Jets like 12 yards down the field on like five different cool. occasions. How is that Colts defense looking for you? In garbage time. Um. Listen, oh, there I'm was sorry. more garbage time in that game than in Blake Bortles' entire career. Mm. Hey, I, I remember... Josh Johnson, uh, 317 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Hey, who's Josh Johnson, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, Brent <laughs> got after him a bit. I, did, I said, how... I seriously still think this. Oh, was Brett talking smack? You talked smack about him? He had a good game. Yeah, he did. Of course. Yeah, you guys live of at course. the, the 2020 said. hindsight world. Brandon Ponsel, come in here and rescue me a little what bit. What do you com. So what I tweeted was when Josh Johnson got in the game, okay? Not oh, so, oh, so you're like live tweeting. Up, I got you. I was live tweeting. Okay. And so what I tweeted is, and, and I'm sincere about this, like I don't get this. Blake Bortles played five years in the NFL. Right, he, he went to an AFC Championship game. He had some good moments. He had a lot of bad moments. He hasn't hooked on with a team, you know, a, a little bit with the LA, and now he's back with the Packers. But Josh Johnson's been in the league for like, I don't know, seven, eight years, and he's played like four games. Okay. Like I don't understand why you would have that guy as your third quarterback for probably the same price, right? From a veteran minimum standpoint, as Blake Bortles, who's played in a ton of games. So, like when Josh Johnson goes out there, the first couple of series, it looked like he had never played football before. Yeah, and then he got comfortable, and then they obviously they were up by 40, and so then I mean, he, and he actually played pretty well for him. But yeah. uh, just in, the, I don't understand the thinking there. Like, why would you have Josh Johnson and not a guy like Bortles who's played? I'm not, I'm not saying Bortles is going to bring you to the Super Bowl if he goes in, but wouldn't you rather have a guy that's played football? I mean, I would say it's the same reason why Sam Ellinger right now is the backup quarterback of Indianapolis because they have packages with him. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But I just don't think they ever plan on playing Josh Johnson. Like, and, and the same would be said, like, you wouldn't have to plan on playing Blake Bortles. 
No, for sure. But, but I if think you like, did need to get in there, like if I'm Robert Sala, I feel better about a guy who took a team to an AFC Championship game. I think. No, I, I hear you, but like I don't think you ever bank on your third, you know, your third string quarterback playing in a meaningful NFL game. I, I think yeah. in that standpoint, it's like okay, well, if we have a package that's you know maybe a little more of a run-oriented package, something like that, like we saw with Sam Ellinger last night. Well, then maybe that's why Josh John, Josh John. Josh, whatever, Joe Johnson, Jack Josh, Johnson, yeah. whatever the guy's name is, okay. was the backup quarterback. Sorry, Casey. Yeah, I got you. All right. Brandon Ponsel, sorry to keep you waiting, man. I was just going crazy there for a yeah. second. Hope you're doing well. Doing good. Yeah, I think, uh, I think anybody who hasn't had game, live game action in several years is going to look like a deer with headlights. So, I don't know. If, uh, Bortles got in there, he would look much better. Yeah, and, and but again, to Josh Johnson's credit, he played pretty well. Now, it looked like he was going against a practice because they were up by so much. Um, what a hater, but, huh? I know. This guy. Seriously, guys, are we really going to put some stock into Josh Johnson? You going to put stock into Mike yards? White? Yeah. I didn't. I did. Uh, Casey did. I thought they went out right if Mike White doesn't get hurt. I don't know what else I can tell you, but that's just the truth. I mean, the, the Colts could have scored 60 points in that game if they wanted to. And they didn't. 60. Mm. All right. Good thing we didn't have to bet on that game, Brandon Ponsel. Uh Casey, how are we doing on our picks? Horrible and some would say incredibly bad, mostly <laughs> if you're Brent Martineau. Um, although, I, I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm starting to run away with it. So uh, last week, everybody that was not named Casey Kurtz only got two right. Um, if, if you are named Casey Kurtz, you got four right. Um, yeah, man, congratulations. So, yeah, it's it's a lot to a little in that situation. So all I know is you guys need to uh, get some right, and I need to get some wrong. I don't know which of those will happen first. But we'll start with Brent, and we'll start in college football, and we'll start with a undefeated team who is getting points for some reason. Wake Forest plus 2.5 at North Carolina minus 2.5. Brent? I will take North Carolina. So this is why you're losing. <laughs> Any reason, Brett? The guy who picked plus 10 Jets. Uh, because uh, Wake Forest is going, they're not, this is it. This is not it like they're going to lose the next th few games, but yeah. they're capable of losing, okay? Okay. Uh, and they've had a nice run so far, a very nice year. That guy does a great job coaching them up, by the way. And uh, I just think North Carolina's going to get them. Yeah. Uh, I'm next, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah go. I'm taking North Carolina as well, Casey. That's fine. Huh. That's what? No comment, Casey? I mean, it, I made the – okay, then that's why you're losing. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Horrible hey, record this year for me. Brandon, <laughs> you're not Brandon, wrong. He's, he's willing to <laughs> say things to people that are not 6'6", 245 pounds, and fight for a living. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. What's the, what's the uh, total on this game? It's got to be in the 80s. Um, it's going to be a shootout, but I think I'm with you in Austin. I think Sam Howell's going to try to salvage this rough season with a big win. And, uh, you know, teams like Wake Forest don't run the table. So they're going to drop one somewhere and this is like a good spot. Casey. Yeah, I'm picking Wake pick Forest. Her it's her obvious. And you're picking a team that uh, lost to Florida State. So congratulations on that front, guys. <laughs> um, and Miami. <laughs> yeah, and that just makes it worse. So, yeah, give me Wake, um, even if they were minus 2.5. But they're plus 2.5, so that's even better. Austin, Oregon, minus 7 at Washington, plus 7. Oh, man. I will make fun of you uh, if you do something dumb, and I'll make sure Brent hears it. So go ahead. Okay, well, all I'm going to say is Oregon has failed to cover their last nine games. It's not going to be this game either. Give me Washington. I don't hate mm. it. Sorry. I'm going to take, uh, take Oregon and uh, future Jag Thibodeau. With six sacks in this game. Uh, go ahead, Brandon Ponsel from jackscoastalhomes.com. Yeah, 
the stat check on Austin because Oregon surely covered at the shoe because I know I had Ohio State money line in that one. So, uh, ah. Give, give me oh, the I'm sorry. Oh, I, sorry, Oregon has failed to cover its last nine games as a favorite. My bad, Brandon. There you go. Gotcha, buddy. Yeah. Oh, give me Oregon, though. They got a little more to play for. They're, they're pretty explosive. So, uh, Washington hasn't impressed me much. Yeah, I'll take Oregon as well. Just makes sense. Yeah, pump your fist all you want. It's still a loss if it's a loss. Game picker upper. Let's, uh, let's go, Brandon. We'll start with you. NC State minus two and a half at Tallahassee and Florida State plus two and a half. I'm going to go with the Knowles. I don't know why I'm going with the Knowles, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the Knowles. Gotta take the Knowles. All right. Hey, next week, if the Knowles win, can you play that as a rejoin? Yeah, I will. <laughs> that, was, that was classic. I kind of wish I said it myself, uh, but I'm going to go NC State here. I, I think Florida State can win this game, too, uh, but uh, I'm going to go NC State. I, I can't go out on a limb too much where I'm sitting in my position. I got to go. Oh, man, do I take the. Uh-oh. Oh man, because the, the NC State defense case you talked about it—it's one rushing a, touchdown. Yeah, it scares me a little bit. Zero point one on average. What's the line on this one? Two and a half. Mm, yeah, give me NC State. <laughs> Sorry. All right, that was didn't, exciting. Didn't have the guts to do it. Yeah, I will take NC State as well, um, for obvious reasons. Let's go to the NFL, Brent. Uh, Titans plus seven, Derrick Henry list. They do have Adrian Peterson, so that's cool. And then they will be at the Rams, who will have Vaughn Miller. They are minus seven. Uh, I will go with, uh, oh, I think the Titans are going to play better than people think uh, in this game. Kind of got a gritty effort. Uh, seven's a lot. I'll go Titans. Brandon Ponsel, what do you oh, think? Wow. I like the Rams. Rams are my Super Bowl winner. Uh, I think they're going to just roll the Titans on Sunday. Yeah, I, I hope it. they do. Go ahead and give me the Rams as well, Casey. Yeah, this is my Super Bowl matchup, by the way, um, ah, if anybody uh, forgets wow. that. I will take good the... Good thing the Super Bowl's in February. Yeah, good thing, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh it up. Laugh it up. I will take the Rams. Uh, Austin Lane, Browns are OBJ-less, yeah. but they are plus two and a half at the Bengals, who are minus two and a half, and as far as I know, they have all their players. <laughs> Thank you. Um, man, uh, I feel like it's it's got to be a it's, it's a must win to me for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, I think they find a way to keep this game close. I'm taking the Cleveland Browns. You know what's crazy about this, Austin? I actually think you're right. Like I think Cleveland's gonna win this game, but I just don't have the guts to pull the trigger on it yeah. because of the, the way they're lining up. Like it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But I I'm telling you, like I. I think I'm wrong here, and I'm picking the Bengals. <laughs> it's a weird place to live, but it's probably why I'm in the basement of these picks. Brandon Ponsel from JacksCoastalHomes.com. What do you think? What a head-scratcher that the Bengals lost to that green team that played last night. Um, but point. I think they respond, and I think Joe Burrow is so much better than Baker Mayfield, and the Bengals win this one easy. Um, Casey, action to you. Hmm. Yeah, no. I'll take the Bengals. Dang it. Yes. Get picker upper. It is what it is. All right, Brandon. Last one is for you. The Bills will be in Jacksonville, and they are minus, and this is the NFL, I remind you, they are minus 14 <laughs> and a half points. Um, I think I know what you're going to do, but we'll let you On say it. On the road. It. On the road. 
I'm going to run it back with the same uh, yep. explanation for my Knowles pick. I'm going to take the Jags. I don't know why I'm taking the Jags, but I'm going to take the Jags. <laughs> Oh, gosh, guys, I don't like this one. I don't think James Robinson is going to play in this game. He's questionable, by the way. That's the official status. Um, You know, they played really two of their best games against two of the better teams, the Bengals and the Cardinals. Uh, I don't like the Jags here. I got to take the Jags with 14 and a half points. I'm already up 14 nothing. Go ahead, Austin. I'm taking the Jags. Yeah, Bills, um, I just think that – when these high spread of games have been, you know, decided before, usually the team that's, you know, the favorite ends up winning these types of games. So I have to go with the Bills here. And keep in mind, I'm not sure how much of a home field advantage the Jaguars are going to have because by the sounds of it, there's going to be a lot of Bills fans at this game. I would have took yes. the Bills if the spread was all the way up to 31. There you go. So 14 <laughs> and a half go. sounds pretty nice. Nothing. I'll take the Bills. Yeah, by the way, I'm like president of Sunshine and Rainbows Club, and I'm, I'm uh, contractually obligated not to pick anything above 14. So gotcha. uh, that's why I'm going with well, the Jags. And also, if the Jaguars win this game, keep in mind, I get to put Brent through a table. We have the audio. He said it. <laughs> It's true. Go Jags. Go Jags. Hey, Brandon Ponsel, it's a rainy day. It's a miserable day. Uh, Does that mean houses don't get sold today because it's such an ugly day? Uh, If you can find a house that's for sale, it'll definitely (laughs) sell. So (laughs) uh, inventory is still super tight. So, um, yeah, nothing's changing on that front. All right, jackscoastalhomes.com to look at some of that inventory and uh, make sure you look up Brandon Ponsel if you're getting ready to sell your home as well. Thanks, man. Have a great weekend. Uh, yeah. Go Jags. All right. I like it. Uh, that is uh, Brandon Ponsel from jackscoastalhomes.com. Uh, uh, quick thought on uh, some updates with Odell Beckham Jr. on the Twitter. Uh, Jacob says, did the Jags miss a chance to potentially rebuild the whole offense midseason? I know it's convention, not conventional, but they could have picked up Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. Could you imagine Trevor with those two guys? Okay. Well, they still can, by the way. Has Jackson been picked up? I don't think he has. No. And the waiver wire stuff, you can't claim until Monday. Uh, Schefter tweeted that. I didn't really know when you could. Somebody asked me that, but it's Monday. So it is kind of interesting to think if they could pick up both guys. But yeah, <laughs> How but different they look. Brent, let me ask you this, though. Would Jackson be starting over Marvin Jones? Hey, that's a fair question. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Do you think Jackson would be starting over to LaVisca Chanel? I could make the case he could the way Chanel's playing right now. On the outside or in the slot? Just in general. I'm saying like if you have like a three wide receiver set, and let's say you bring in Odell Beckham Jr. and Deshaun Jackson, who's going to be the odd man out of your traditional three receiver set? Well, right now for Sunday's game, you might line LaVisca up in the backfield. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, listen, you're not a big – I've I've under, I've under listened to you all week. You're not a big Jackson fan. Odell Beckham Jr. is a little bit different in terms of the talent Yeah. Uh, and where he's at in his career. He's five years younger. I just think – well, yeah, I think Jackson could start over LaVisca, but I don't know if you really know what you have with LaVisca quite yet. He's still kind of a young guy. You know what you're getting with Jackson. Yeah, I hear you. Now, I, I like, I still like LaVisca, but LaVisca's got to turn it up a notch, too. Sure. And they have to use him better, but he has to turn it up a notch. He has to play better than he's been playing these last few weeks. All right, we take a break. We're live at Willie Drew's Old School Barbecue. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here on a Friday Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Rolls on right after this. Uh. Carlos, uh, I know we had a, a, a non-great one last week, but uh, and one thing, you know, Bernie Parmley, and then we were 
James was not a great pass protector last year. He has really worked his tail off. He's excellent now. So um, I have confidence in Carlos, and, and OG is another guy I love to death, one of our best special teams guys. We brought Zig back. So, yeah, you're going to be, if, if he doesn't play, I still I, I expect a positive day today. That's Urban Meyer on James Robinson. Uh, of course, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars star running back listed as questionable. He practiced on a limited basis today. It's a heel injury. It's a bruise. Uh, I don't know if they're, it's a smart play. They have to be smart here. You really want James to be around for the last nine games of the year. Uh, what if he plays and re-injures it? He's not 100%, and then you don't have him for two, three weeks after that. I think that's really what the wrestling match right now is uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, James Robinson. Uh, going up against the uh, Buffalo Bills. And quite honestly, if you look at this Bills team, so good, number one in offense, number one in defense, that if uh, even if James plays and plays well, I mean, does is it a difference? I mean, certainly will help. But is yeah. it a difference in the outcome of the game, I think is a fair question. Brett Martineau down here at Willie Jules Old School Barbecue, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz back in the Action Sports Jack Studios on a rainy, kind of miserable weather day uh, in Jacksonville. Well, we're having fun anyway. We're not miserable, that's for sure. And how about a uh, swoop minute right now on a Friday, unfospreys.com, the place to go for news, schedules, results, uh, scores, and also uh, your tickets as well to the upcoming basketball season, unfospreys.com. Men's Cross Country made a back-to-back A-Sun championships after finishing first to 12 teams last Saturday. Jeff Pig named A-Sun Coach of the Year. Volleyball is tied for second most wins in the nation. UNF one win shy of tying its D1-era program record. Gabby O'Connell set the program record for sets played with 477. What a career. Men's and women's cross country. Nathan Jubron and Noah Perkins named A-Sun first team all-conference. Aiden O'Gorman, Timothy Doyle, Jake Turner. Ace on second team all-conference. UNF Volleyball plays JU on Saturday night. UNF Hall of Fame inductions are set for this Saturday. In fact, Bo Beach and that uh, terrific men's basketball team will be inducted into the Hall of Fame for the Ospreys on Saturday. Bo is going to call us and join us from overseas uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. Men's basketball opens the season at Texas Tech on Tuesday. Women's Hoops opens uh, the season at FSU. On Tuesday, that's your swoop minute, unfospreys.com for everything Ospreys. Austin Lane, James Robinson, uh, we want to selfishly see him play in the game on Sunday because you know what? It's fun watching James Robinson run. Yes. Yeah, it's fun watching James Robinson run, and it's fun watching that offense go through him and make Trevor Lawrence's life a lot easier. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was very good last night, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's, I mean, dude's a hell of a, of a running back, you know, and especially against the, the Jets' defense that, you know, the, they weren't the worst team in the league in terms of stopping the run, but, um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor was just, he was showcasing last night, man. It was pretty impressive. Real quick, I want to congratulate Marcel Robinson if James Robinson doesn't play on another uh, loss from my fantasy team. So, Marcel, congratulations on your win. Oh, wow. <laughs> Conceding already, are we? My boys are not good. Yeah. Well, shout-out yeah. to the Colts' defense for getting me zero points last night. Like, I, I didn't have to play anybody. Dude, Just zero you, are, points. you are extremely lucky that Mike White got hurt because if he didn't, it would have been negative two, negative four at minimum. I mean, at least negative ten, I think. I don't I've know. I've never seen some. I don't even think uh, White's parents have this much faith in him. Uh, as you do, Casey. I mean, check the, check the numbers, though, you know? I mean, he, the guy's incredible. I mean, Zach Wilson, who is, I think, what they're Should saying. Should they trade Zach? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what you'd get for the guy. Get him I mean, out of here. he's proven that he can't win with what they have. Mike White can, so I mean, get him out of here. You know who really knows at this point? I guess the number one seed in the AFC, no less. 
Uh, yes, uh, very true. Uh, they've got. I've got this. Uh, this staff signed. Oh, one other thing on that. That was like the ultimate garbage time. I already mentioned that. But like they probably, I tweeted this. They probably dropped like five spots in the defensive rankings because <laughs> what happened in the oh, yeah. fourth quarter For in sure. that game, and that was almost a terrible backdoor cover, uh, especially because in one of my other things, I had the Colts ten and a half. Uh, the uh, this on the Odell Beckham Jr. front. Uh, Jags need to bring Leftwich home is the guy's handle. And he says, this staff signed Tebow as a publicity stunt. If they don't even make an attempt for Odell because he's just a name, is unthinkable. I, I don't think they signed Tebow as a publicity stunt uh, necessarily. I've told you in the past that, I mean, I heard rumblings where they said they would cut him if they if they tried to market him. And they hardly did. They didn't even make him available to the media. So I think it's a little bit, like I understand the nature of what, that person's saying, but I, I don't really think there was a publicity stunt involved with Tebow. I think it was more relationship uh, of why he came in. But the point being, Austin, if you're going to bring Tebow in and give him a try at tight end, it does kind of scratch your head if the Jags wouldn't be willing to put a waiver claim in on a guy that's done what Odell Beckham has done, and it's just 29. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. Um, once again, like, yeah, would the optics be bad because maybe his agent would threaten to sit him out if he came to Jackson? Sure, do you go ahead. But, like, to me, you know, the the Jaguars, they're in the power position right now because if he does, you know, clear the first three teams, the Jaguars can scoop him up. It's really simple, Odell. Either you come play for us, you don't play at all. Your choice. Like, that's, that's what I would do if I was this organization. Yeah, uh, somebody else said he's the kind of guy that if you're 6-1, and one, not 1-6, one and six, uh, you never finish, but I assume that's who you get. See, I would disagree with that. I think if you're 6-1 and one and things are cooking, don't you wonder about culture and everything else a little bit more, Austin? And you're like, okay, I don't know if I want to upset this. Things are going well, even though he might add to us. Now, again, if you're like the Raiders... Uh, or the Saints, the Raiders being pretty good right now, the Saints being pretty good right now, but you lost Michael Thomas and now you lost Henry Ruggs. Now maybe a guy like Odell Beckham does help you in that scenario because you had a significant departure at the wideout position. But I think guys, I think teams are a little scared to upset the apple cart a little bit with a guy who's had some personality problems uh, if you're 6-1. and one. I don't know. I watched the Kansas City Chiefs get Le'Veon Bell, you know, when, when they were kind of on top of the NFL. Uh, I think that if, you, if you're one of the best teams in the NFL and you're winning week in and week out, that can be a pretty easy team to play for, and that can eliminate a lot of distractions. So I actually think, I mean, I think a team that is a top-tier team in the NFL would definitely better be suited for Odell Beckham Jr. I just feel like if you're the Jaguars, you at least have got to give them a look. Uh, here's one <laughs> that I just like to tweet. I don't know if I agree or disagree or whatever, but he says they won't. But who cares about a possible headache when you've got a half-season migraine going on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is he going to win you a lot of games? Maybe, maybe not. But, like, it's going to give Trevor Lawrence another weapon. And, and that, yeah. that needs to be the focus of the season is the improvement of Trevor Lawrence going forward. We're not going to pretend Odell's not good, right? <laughs> like, we're not going to sit here and say that... If he comes to Jacksonville, he's the best receiver on the team. Sorry, yeah, sorry yeah. Marvin Jones. I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? We're we're saying that, yeah. I mean, Baker Mayfield was the problem. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think... I, I mean, Baker Mayfield, but, but, that, but also... The, no, I mean, also the, the run game, though, Casey. I mean, they're a run-first team. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. yeah. 
I mean, I mean so Odell Beckham was out of sync. I mean, Odell Beckham was playing, like I said last night, he's playing average football for them right now, even when he is targeted. I mean, show me a run first team where they have a star one receiver. Right, you know? but before we nail in the coffin him, we got to, like, let him have a chance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. like, I'm, I, I still think Odell Beckham Jr. in the right system with the right quarterback can still give a lot. Why do I think this was directed at me, by the way? The same guy who tweeted headache and migraine, he finishes off his tweet with at least we'd have something to talk about other than how professional and mature Trevor, Trevor Lawrence sounds after his losses. <laughs> tweet that guy? Wait, did he, already, did he tweet directly at <laughs> that, you? That, hey, that might have been my Well, burner. he just was... He was responding that, to, like, that my may, whole... That may back. have been my burner. <laughs> I was going to say you should reply at me next time, but I guess he already but, did. No, nah, he did. That, that's the tweet of the day, really, though. There's a lot going on in that tweet, man. That was a good tweet. <laughs> we'll be back. Football at 5 coming up, and we're going to even talk a little hoops. How about that? Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.